Before any of us or this entire massive universe was here, there was an originator who brought it all into existence. Who is this originator, this creator? What is the purpose of our creation? Are there any other beings outside of our planet? How did it all begin? This is the beginning. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah, all listeners. And welcome to the channel where we narrate the stories reported in the Quran and by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But we deliver them to you here in storytelling format. So if that's something that you like, please make sure to subscribe and turn on all notifications so you don't miss any of our new uploads. So let's get right into it. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذنه يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو العلي العظيم صدق الله العظيم First, there was the eternal creator and nothing existed with him. There was no air beneath him, and there was no air above him. Just him alone, and nothing else. He is Allah, the only one worthy of all praises and worship, and he shares his divinity with no one. He has no parents, no partners, and no children. He is completely self-sufficient and does whatever he pleases and wills without consulting anyone. Allah is the all-knowing. He is completely aware of everything and nothing happens without his full knowledge, permission, and absolute control. Allah is the provider and the sustainer. He is the originator who designed, fashioned, and fine-tuned all that exists distinctively outside of himself. He created all that we can see 
and all that we cannot see, including time. His attributes are unlike any of his creations. He is unique, and nothing compares to him. From the many things Allah created, four things were created with his own hands. And Allah's hands are unlike anything we can comprehend or fathom. His attributes are beyond our limited minds, and his hands are only in a manner that befits his divine majesty. May he be exalted and glorified. As for everything else he created, Allah simply said, Be! And it was. And Allah does not create anything without purpose. Nevertheless, he is in no need of any of his creation, nor can they diminish from him in any way. His power has absolutely no limits. And his will is always executed accurately and precisely as he intends. The first thing Allah created with his own hands was Al-Arsh, translated as the throne. And he settled it upon water. Allah the Most High then rose above his throne in a manner that only befits his majesty. He is the Lord of the mighty throne. No place can encompass him and is distinctly separate from all of his creation. The distance between Al-Arsh and the water is 500 years. And a day to Allah is the equivalent of 1,000 years at a speed that only Allah knows. Under the water is Al-Kursi, translated as the footstool. And the distance between Al-Kursi and the water is another 500 years. His throne has massive pillars and it is placed as a roof over all of his creation. It is the greatest of all things he created, and no one knows its size except him. The second out of four things Allah created with his own hands was the pen and told it to write. To which the pen asked, O oh my Lord, and what should I write? Allah then responded, Write the details and decree of everything that will happen until the establishment of the hour is commenced. And so the pen wrote everything with precision until the Day of Judgment. Every single detail was written in a tablet called Al-Loh Al-Mahfuz, translated as the Preserved 
and protected tablet. This sacred tablet is made of red rubies, which is unlike any rubies our minds can imagine in our current reality. These are rubies from the realm of the unseen. The tablet's location is hidden. No one from Allah's creation has access to it. It is protected from any alteration or changes. There isn't a single error in it. And no knowledge is missing from within it. Not even a single leaf falling from a tree. As for the nature of the pen, it is unknown to us. What we do know is that the pen is light as well as its script and Allah does whatever he wills whether it be exalting one who is humble humiliating one who is honorable enriching one who is poor impoverishing one who is rich giving life to one and death to another and whatever else he wills وهو القاهر فوق عباده ويرسل عليكم حفظة حتى إذا جاء أحدكم الموت توفته رسلنا حتى إذا جاء أحدكم الموت توفته رسلنا وهم لا يفرطون. Allah then created the first living animated creature on a Wednesday. The Malaika, translated as the angels. These honored servants are created from the elements of pure light. And the purpose of their existence is to carry out Allah's decrees. The first from among the angelic creatures that the Almighty created was Jibril. He was created free from any defect in body and mind. Then he rose and became stable. Some of the qualities of the Malaika are they don't have any pride. They don't feel envy, nor do they have physical desires such as eating, drinking, or mating. They are completely incapable of disobeying Allah. They only do exactly as they are commanded, and they never grow bored or tired of worshiping Him and celebrating His praises. That being said, they are not emotionless robots. They do have personalities, preferences, likes, and dislikes. The Malaika's appearance can be described as beautiful, yet powerfully dominant beings, mighty and massive in size. Some are as large as mountains, while many others are much larger. Some have two wings, some have three wings, some have four pairs, and some Allah increased with many more as He wills. Allah has given them the ability to take on forms different from their angelic form. Jibreel has 600 
wings, which have jewels, pearls, and rubies constantly falling from them. And he sits on a huge throne that Allah provided for him. Allah has also created four malaika who bear Allah's throne. Each is described as one in the form of a man, one in the form of a lion, one in the form of a bull, and one in the form of an eagle. And on the day of resurrection, Allah will send four more malaika to support them. Their size is so titanic. The distance between one of the malaika's earlobes and shoulders is a journey of 700 years. Now bear in mind, the malaika are only carrying the weight of the arsh itself. It does not befit Allah, the Lord of all creation, to rest on a throne. Rather, he rose above it. Allah is the most high. He is distinct from all of his creation, and nothing can encompass him. All the malaika have specific roles and duties. Jibril, the highest ranking of them all, is given the task of sending down revelation from Allah to all the messengers sent to earth. He also brings punishment to the nations that reject the signs and revelation or become aggressive towards the prophets and the believers. Mikael is responsible for provision and the forces of nature. Sustenance, rain, winds. He is the Malik chosen to move them when and where Allah commands him to do so. Israfil is appointed to blow on the trumpet when the day of judgment begins. His lips are currently on the trumpet waiting for the command from Allah. Malik al-Mawt translated as the angel of death. Him and his assistants are responsible for taking our souls on the precise time that it has been written and decreed. And they never neglect or fall short on their duty. Some Jewish sources mention a name for him, but no name has been confirmed. There are malaika assigned as the keepers of paradise. And one of the greatest of them is a malik known as Chazin, translated as the keeper. Many even refer to him as Ridwan, which can be translated as grace, pleasure, and satisfaction. He has been commanded not to open the gates for anyone before the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. While some of the other malaika in paradise are in charge of preparing the honors and welcoming gifts for its inhabitants, such as garments, jewelry, dwellings, food, drinks, and other things that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor crossed any human mind. Hell has been assigned 19 malaika to guard it. The main guardian from them is Malik, who is a severe Malik that has no remorse, nor does he feel any mercy for the people being tormented in it. And Malik hasn't smiled since hell was created. 
Allah assigned four malaika to each of us. One malik over our right shoulder who records all of our good deeds. While the malik over our left shoulder records all of our bad deeds, both major and minor. These noble malaika write everything and not a single word or expression is uttered except that it is documented. However, when a bad deed is committed, the malik over our left shoulder holds the pen for six hours before writing it down. If the sinner regrets and repents to Allah, then the malik does not write down that sin. The other two malaika guard the person they are assigned to from the front and back. Any harm that comes towards him or her, the malaika tell it to clear off. Except for calamity or harm that Allah decreed to fall upon that person. Then the malaika withdraw from that person. Then another four malaika switch shifts during the night. Munkar and Nakir are two angels, each described as black and blue, with a terrifying appearance. They visit the grave after the deceased is buried and interrogate them with three main questions. Asking, who is your Lord? What is your religion? And what do you say about the man who was sent to you? Harut and Marut are the malaika who Allah later sent down to Babylon to test mankind. Some malaika were created in a state of prostration, constantly celebrating his glory and praises. And they remain this way never lifting their heads until the Day of Judgment. And there are many countless others who are unknown to us, and their number is unknown to us. But what helps put things in perspective is there is a house of worship in the seventh heaven known as Al-Bayt Al-Ma'mur, translated as the Flourishing House or the Much Frequented House. 70,000 malaika perform pilgrimage there and never return for another visit. Every day, a new group of 70,000 malaika visit this house only once. And this has been happening since the beginning of time. And it is still happening now. And it will continue to happen until the day of judgment. In addition, we also know that there isn't a space of four fingers in all the universes except that there is a malik there prostrating, declaring Allah's praises and glorifying him. Jannatu 
The third thing Allah created with His own hands was Jannah, translated as Paradise. The most merciful prepared with His own hands, a place that is tailored specially for His righteous servants. His worshippers who remain patient, charitable, honest, and kind. When Allah created Jannah, He sent Jibreel to it and said, Behold, and see what I have prepared for its people. Jibreel went to look at it, then returned to Allah and said, By your might, no one will hear of it except that they will enter it. Allah then ordered, that it be surrounded by adversity. Then said, return to it and see what I have prepared for its people. When Jibreel returned to it, he found that it was surrounded by hardship. He returned to Allah and said, by your might, I fear that no one will enter it. Jannah is a place where people can enjoy whatever delights their souls desire. Each resident has gardens with rivers that flow beneath them. But it comes with a lot of hardship and sacrifice. In Jannah, no one will ever sense any fear, bitterness, fatigue, grief, boredom, thirst, or hunger. No one there can ever fall sick, grow old, or die. It is a place which no eye has seen. No ear has heard, nor crossed the mind of anyone. No person can even comprehend the pleasures that awaits them as a reward for their righteous deeds. Those who enter it will enjoy real pleasures, both physically and spiritually, fulfilling all their inner selves could desire, and they will live there forever. It will never cease to exist. They will never leave. Their joy will never come to an end. And they will have nothing to disturb their joy. Its provision is eternal. And so is its shade. This is the final destination of the pious. Ya bani Adam, imma yatiyannakum rusulum minkum yaqussuna alaykum ayati famanittaqa wa aslaha fala khawfun alayhim wala hum yahzanun. وَالَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا وَاسْتَكْبَرُوا عَنْهَا أُولَئِكَ أَصْحَابُ النَّارِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ Jahannam, translated as Hellfire, is tied by 70,000 rains. Each rain is held by 70,000 malaika who are pulling, steering, and directing it. That's a total of 4,900,000,000 malaika. 
Jahannam is like a wild beast that wants to consume everything. It roars and screams, and its fire is fueled by men and stones. The fire of Jahannam is like a mill that grinds thousands upon thousands of tons of grain, and then waits for more to come. Allah will call out to Jahannam and ask, Are you filled? And Jahannam will respond, Are there any more to come? When Allah created Jahannam, He sent Jibreel to it and said, Behold and see what I have prepared for its people. Jibreel went to look and he found that it was in layers, one beneath another. He returned to Allah and said, By your might, no one who hears of it will enter it. Allah then ordered that it be surrounded by desires and said, return to it. Jibreel returned and found that it was surrounded by temptations. He then returned to Allah and said, by your might, I fear that no one will escape it. In Jahannam are seven gates, and for each of these gates are assigned a class of sinners. Jahannam's residents are cursed wrongdoers, disgraced, humiliated. There the disbelievers will be tormented forever. The torment will not be lightened for them, and they will be plunged into destruction with deep regrets, sorrows, and despair. They will cry out, O Malik, let your Lord make an end of us. And he will say, Surely, you will suffer here forever. It will be filled with sounds of people boiling, burning, bubbling, crackling, melting, and popping, as well as the terrifying sound of the inhaling and exhaling of Jahannam itself. Each of the seven gates of Jahannam has many different sections of torments. In them are different lands, corners, rooms, and mountains, valleys, and creatures that torture in many different ways. None of the dwellers of Jahannam will be given any relief, pleasure, or nourishment. أَوَلَمْ يَرَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا أَنَّ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضَ كَانَتَا رَتْقًا فَفَتَقْنَاهُمَا وَجَعَلْنَا مِنَ الْمَاءِ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ حَيٍّ أَفَلَا يُؤْمِنُونَ Allah the Most Wise created the heavens and the earth and everything it contains in six days. He started his creation on Saturday and he finished on Friday. And he wasn't overtaken by any form of fatigue. He orchestrated it first by compressing them together as one unit 
then caused it to expand. Allah created seven heavens and similarly for the earth. He created the earth in seven layers, one above another as higher and lower realms. And between each layer is the distance similar to the distance between heaven and earth. As for the seven heavens, they have a distance of a 500 year journey between each heaven and the next. Allah constructed the heavens with strength and he is constantly expanding them. After creating the earth on Saturday, Allah established mountains from above it as firm stakes on Sunday. He blessed it and measured its sustenance for its dwellers on the last four days equally. He created the trees on Monday, the bad and disliked things on Tuesday, light on Wednesday, and scattered the animals in it on Thursday. Then he rose over towards the heaven when it was smoke, and he said to the heaven and the earth, Come both of you, willingly or unwillingly. They both answered, We come willingly. Then he completed and finished from their creation, as seven heavens in the last two days, and he made in each heaven its affair. وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَى تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا From the blazing element of smokeless fire, Allah then created the jinn on a Thursday. The purpose of their existence is to worship Allah alone, without associating any partners with him. The word jinn comes from an Arabic root word that translates as hidden from sight. They exist among us at this very moment in time, but hidden in a dimension where they can see us while we cannot see them, unless they make themselves visible. Similarly, the malaika remain unseen unless they make themselves visible to us or the jinn. The jinn mostly live in ruins, abandoned areas, and unclean places like bathrooms, dunghills, garbage dumps, and graveyards. They exist as male and female. They eat, drink, celebrate weddings, have animals, and they have commands and prohibitions that they are subject to. From the jinn are Muslims with different levels of righteousness and piety. 
Some follow other religious sects, while others deviate from the right path or join the satanic forces. Similar to humans, some of the jinn are good, while some of them are bad, because they also have the possession of understanding and the freedom to choose between a path of good and evil. We all have one bad jinn assigned to us by shaitan, as a constant companion whose job is to constantly whisper evil thoughts to us and lead us astray. Allah has given the jinn abilities that are supernatural to us, such as the ability to move and travel quickly. Allah created three types of jinn. Among them are a type that have wings and fly through the air, a type that can take on forms of people and animals, and a type that stops to rest, then resumes its journey. وَلَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ صَلْصَالٍ مِنْ حَمَئٍ مَسْنُونَ Allah the Most Wise then created the fourth and final thing with His own hands. The first of mankind. Our father, Adam alayhi salam. Allah created Adam in stages. First, he gathered a handful of dust and sand from the entire earth, combined it with water to form sticky clay. Allah sent the wind to harden it until it altered into black, stinking mud. He let it dry until it became sounding clay, like pottery. It was given shape, limbs, and faculties, and each part of it was given a shape suited to its purpose. Allah the Most Merciful fashioned Adam, proportioned him, and sculpted his face in his image. This does not imply resemblance to the Almighty in any way. Make no mistake about it, Allah's image can never be likened to the attributes of any of his created beings. Just as their essence cannot be likened to his essence, Allah's face is in a manner that only befits his great majesty. Allah created Adam on a Friday, between the time of Asr and nightfall. Allah made Adam 60 cubits tall. That's 90 feet tall. But in the course of time, mankind grew shorter and continued to grow shorter. Similar to the jinn, Allah created mankind for the purpose of worshiping Him alone without associating any partners with him. He has also given us the possession of understanding and a choice between a path of good and evil. Now let's hear a spoken word titled, 
What's the Meaning of Life? Written and performed by my dear brother, Shakir Abu Alina. Many poets have pondered his power of perfection, penetrating thoughts of their space and time selection, a perception reaching for resonance of heaven-sent reverence. Yet a servant's severance from the source of benevolence will lead them astray beyond bounds, distant from a path where straightness astounds. Gather round, open hearts and minds to surrounding signs of the one divine. Before time, before direction, before she reflected on her appearance's reflection, a most profound question. What's the meaning of life? Let's delve in dissection of this question's intention. It applies to you personally, for every person to see, privately, publicly, what a person could be when they're passionate purposefully. For the first soul and the last, present and past, yesterday's feast, tomorrow's fast, this question's a teacher, your future's in class. What's the meaning of life? To praise the creator and not his creation. Praise the creator and not his creation. Praise the one without partners or parents or children. Creator of the pen, preserved tablet where all of it's written. Yes, all of it's written. Free will, decisions, divisions, positions, a pure prophet's path. The meddling of man's misguided additions. He is the ever-living, the self-sufficient, the most high, the most I can explain. In this life we attain true peace through submission to this mission. He has no beginning and no end, no rivals, no walls around kingdoms to defend, no sleep or slumber, creator of heavens with no blemish or blunder, master of the day of judgment when skies cleft asunder, executing his command are angels by wondering numbers. His might created them from light, purely obedient, winged for flight, all kings and their servants shall never compare to Allah and his angels, a mighty affair. Who should we worship? The answer remains the one whose absolute power is plain to see. We can't give life for a second, or stop death for a minute, or create a single atom in the wonders within it. He's not in need of our worship and praise. Indeed, we're in need to worship him for our short-numbered days. Repeating our ways. Mm -mm -mm. Relenting, repenting through seasons of phase. Our faith rises up and down like tides in the waves. So I repeat the inquisitive phrase. What's the meaning of life? قال الله تعالى وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ This truth is right on time, not too late, not too soon. Thanks for tuning in. If you got something out of this episode and you haven't done this already, then please leave a like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. 
Also be sure to turn on all notifications so that you don't miss any of our new uploads. You can support us on Patreon for as little as five or even $3 a month. It helps us dedicate time into creating more quality content and any amount is appreciated. And don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Jazakallah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.